Welcome to season four of the Encouragement Outpost podcast. I'm your host, Dr. Georgia Pointer, and this season we are going to be talking about a little word, a tiny word that has staggering implications in the Word of God. If you have known me for any length of time, you know that I am a word nerd. When I went to seminary and learned um, the Hebrew and the and the, the Greek uh, languages, when studied when I studied those, it was so very exciting because when you recognize that every word that is in the Word of God is very intentional. God was very intentional about choosing the specific word, words that were used there. It makes you want to pay close attention. And there is one particular word that every time I hear it from the word of God, I get I get the tingles. <laughs> I get excited. And that word is spelled A-L-L. Friend, do you realize that every time God says all, that's exactly what he means. Now, we humans sometimes can use that word, but we don't really mean all, right? We mean all with limitations, maybe, you know, with a few conditions and that sort of thing. But when God says all, because he is all knowing, because he is omnipresent, he has the power to back up everything that he has said in his word. And so this season, I'm going to just be uh, be hopping across the, the, the word of God through the Old and the New Testament, landing on specific verses that have the word all in them and to expound on that and to meditate on that and yes, to receive great encouragement. So I hope that you will hang me this season as we talk about the times in the word of God when he says all. My mother is a very generous soul and she loves to have her daughters come to her house to pick up food. Um, Sometimes it's canned goods, sometimes it's fresh produce, things like that. And she's got several daughters. She's got five altogether. I'm sorry, six daughters. I have five sisters. She has six daughters altogether. And so she tries to divvy things up, you know, amongst us, according to our likes and dislikes. And uh, sometimes I will go to her and there'll be something in a box or something, you know, and I'll say, now, how many of these do you want me to have? Um, she has, I have, I have a, I have a, a, a love for canned apricots. And so she gets those from time to time. And I'll say, how many of these do you want me to have? Because I don't want to take too many, right? And sometimes she'll go, just take all of them. Now, if she says all, that means I can just take the whole box, right? She means for me not to leave any. And that's always an exciting thing when she says for me to to, to take all of something, especially when it's something that I really, really love, like canned apricots, because I have a, I have a compote that I make. Um, that's so delicious. And uh, so I enjoy that. So let's think about how much more exciting it is and how much more wonderful and rich it is whenever the Lord uses the word all. I'm going to be going from um, 
different verses throughout the Bible, throughout this series. And uh, some of them will call us to a greater commitment to God. Some of them will call us to um, a, a, a greater sensitivity to his love. Um, each one of those alls will will provoke, I hope, something in us that makes us want to be more like Christ and that will cause us to see him in his glory in a, in a deeper way. Welcome to the Encouragement Outpost podcast. My name is Dr. Georgia Pointer, and you are listening to episode one of season four as we are talking about the times in God's word when he uses the word all. Friends, when God says all, you need to pay close attention. So our first verse today is De Deuteronomy chapter six, verse five. Deuteronomy is in the Old Testament. And um, uh, this is part of what is called the Shema. Um, and in this particular verse, God says, you shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, and with all your strength or all your might. Now, we could pause and, and, and dig deeply into each one of those. Um, we can dig deeply into what it means to love the Lord with all of your heart. And then we could look at what it means to love the Lord with all of your mind and what it means to love him with all of your strength. But I want to start by just summing up and saying that God is calling us to love him with all of who we are with everything. There's nothing that God was intending to leave out. Now, there are some false teachers. There have been since the beginning, and there still are some out there who say that it is possible to love God with all your heart, but still have some things for yourself. You know, have some things that you know don't really please him, but it's, but it's okay. Friend, you are not loving God with all of your heart. If there's a portion of your heart that does not belong to him. Now, I want to rush to encourage you and let you know that loving God and growing to love him like this is a journey. I remember being a young Christian, and I may have shared this before, and I'm going to share it again. The idea of loving God was a very foreign concept to me. Up until I was in my 30s, I remember just being very perplexed by that. And I remember feeling very afraid that I was not really loving God because love to me seemed to be such a, a warm, fuzzy word. You know, it seemed to be an affectionate word. And while I had people that I loved, my parents, my sisters, you know, my grandparents, there were people that I loved. But to love God, I didn't know what that looked like. And it's because God was so very big. How do you love omnipotence? How do you love someone who has so much power? How do you love someone who can see straight through you, who knows your thoughts before I was, I was swallowed up in the majesty and the transcendence of God and the idea of loving him was, was overwhelming to me. Now I obeyed God. I reverenced God. I worshiped God. 
I praised God. I served God. I did those things, but I didn't know how to love God. And I remember things kind of came to a head when I was in my 30s. And I remember writing in my journal and saying, I don't know if I love God. I'm teaching God. I'm teaching my my children about God. I'm, I'm teaching them about his son, Jesus Christ. I know that I'm saved. I know that I have a relationship with him. I repented of my sin. I turned from it. I I surrendered myself to him. But I don't know how to love God. He's too big to wrap my arms around. He's too big to wrap my flawed emotions around. I I I was just remember I remember just being very perplexed by that. And so how can I possibly love him with all of my heart when I don't even know how to love him, period, just like a regular human being? And maybe that's your struggle. Maybe you really do want to love God, but you're overwhelmed by who he is and you're not sure that you know what that's supposed to look like. The thing that helped me was to look at Jesus Christ, his son, to look at him in his humanness in the pages of the old, um, excuse me, in the pages of the Gospels. That's Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. Those four books, the first four books in the New Testament are called the Gospels. And they, they, they tell the narrative, four different authors tell the narrative of their experience with Jesus Christ and the things that he said. They walked with him on earth and, and things that, that and, and one of them, I believe it was Luke, he, he went and, 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 and did interviews of people who walked with Jesus while he was here on earth. And suddenly, reading the Gospels and seeing the personal touch that God, that, 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 that God the Son made on people, my heart began to love him. And you know that Jesus said, if you've seen me, you've seen the Father. So if you love me, then you've, you're loving the Father also. So what I'm saying is that it took, it took me seeing Jesus Christ interacting with people like me, doubters, sinners, uh, people with issues, to see his personal touch, to see his humility, to see his gentleness, to see his compassion, to see him, yes, standing with the truth and being the truth and proclaiming the truth, not excusing sin or anything like that, calling things what they were, and yet doing it with such grace and mercy. And my heart just my heart ex- expanded and I, 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 I began to love, to love God and to love Jesus. Now, granted that that was still an emotional thing. And I, and I, I want to be clear that that love is not just an emotion. Love is also a decision. And, you know, when your child, for example, is, is being a brat, you know, talking back, being disobedient, being undisciplined. 
you know, you've got to love them enough not to let them get away with that. You've got to address the issue, even if it's going to hurt their feelings, even if it's going to make them uncomfortable for a while. Love looks beyond the immediate gratification or the immediate pain and does what needs to be done because we're not just loving them in the moment, especially when we're talking about our children. We're loving them for the future self that we're trying to 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 help them to be to be disciplined, to be self-controlled, to be kind, to be the opposite of whatever it is that they're not being in that moment. You see what I'm saying? And so love is, is, it's a verb. It's, it's something that you, that you do. And it's something that you decide you're going to do. And genuine love, agape, God's love, loves with the best intention of the object of that love. And so I learned that love is that that it can be an emotional thing, but it's also a cerebral thing. It's a it's a it's a decision that you make. And you, Christian friend, are going to be to be growing and and expanding in your love for God for the rest of your life. Uh recently um, I came across, well, I've been, I had an issue that God decided it was time to deal with in my, in my own heart. And I remember <clears throat> the Lord basically saying, Georgia, do you love me more than this particular thing? And I had to, in a very embarrassing and humbling moment, have to say to God, no, I don't love you more than this. I want this more than I want you. And I know some of you are going, oh, no, you didn't say that. But you know what? God already knew it. He was asking because he wanted me to see what was already in my heart. And he didn't condemn me because of it. But he he brought me to a place where I was able to say, Lord, I don't want to love this more than you. I want to love you more. I know that you're supposed to have first place that, that this, I know you, you're jealous to have the place in my heart that this particular thing is occupying in my heart. And I need you to help me with that, Lord. I need you. I need you to help me. And that's the thing, friends. God already knows how much you love him. He knows how much you don't love him. He wants you to know it. And he wants you to surrender the pieces of your heart to him that are not yet his. And sometimes, friends, we have to ask the Lord to to pry our white knuckled hands off of whatever that little idol is that is in our heart. And so God is calling us to love him with all of who we are. Is there an aspect of your mind that you reserve for yourself? If your mind were a mansion full of different rooms, are there certain rooms that you will, that you do not feel comfortable inviting Jesus into? God wants full access, my friends. He does. And I know that that makes us feel very vulnerable sometimes. Sometimes that may make us feel small, but you know, God is never out to belittle us. 
He wants to reveal things to us so that we will cry out to him. So I encourage you, friend, to search your heart. There's a verse where it says, search me, O God, and know my heart. Try me and know my thoughts. See if there be any wicked way in me and lead me in the way everlasting. He wants, he wants you to, to make that kind of an invitation to him. And you know, the exciting thing is that as you grow, your love for God will expand as you experience more of him, as you open his word and you see him in all of his glory and all of his beauty and all of his majesty and all of his tenderness and all of his grace and all of his mercy. I'm telling you, it is really hard not to fall in love with Jesus when you're in his word and seeing him reveal himself to you. So if you see that you don't have all of your heart or all of your soul or all of your mind or all of your strength on the table with God, don't skulk away and hide in shame. Offer it up to him and say, Lord, I believe, but help my unbelief. Lord, I love, but there are some aspects of my life that are not very loving. I need you. And friend, you're going to be, you're going to be on a journey. You're going to be on the operating table, so to speak, the rest of your life. So don't feel condemned, but just recognize that we're all on the table, you know, and he is, he is searching us and examining us and calling us to love him. And friend, nobody who has ever surrendered all of themselves to Jesus has ever regretted it. Nobody really takes a loss when they give everything that they are to God himself. Now, is there vulnerability? Yes, there is. Because when you give God all of your heart, you also give him all control. Ooh, we don't like that, do we? But y'all, control is an illusion. Really, really. How much do you really have control of? And the things that we don't have control of, guess who we come into for control? <laughs> We're asking God to take control because we can't. So when you see, my friend, that there is an aspect of the all that is not there, come to God and say, Lord, you already knew it was there and you loved me anyway. I'm so thankful. And I, I invite you to make my heart more yours. I really do want to love you with all of who I am. When you surrender your heart and your mind and your soul to God, then friend, you become his responsibility. He becomes Responsible for all outcomes. When you make decisions that deny your flesh and decisions that are for the glory of God and in obedience to him. Then. He's responsible for your reputation. And people who have an issue with your decision. You get to pass the book and say, I belong to him now. If you have an issue with this, then I encourage you to go to my master because I no longer belong to myself. I am no longer my own. I have been bought with a price and I am going to glorify God in my body. So that is um, our very first look at the word all. And by the way, 
Um, this verse also appears in, uh, I believe, in Matthew, Mark, and Luke also. And so um, this is still a New Testament principle, and it is something that God is always calling on us to give to him all of our heart, all of our soul, and all of our mind. If you've been encouraged by today's episode, I hope that you will share it with a friend. I hope that you will um, encourage them to surrender their hearts to Christ as well. God is calling all of us to do that, and our lives are always the better for it when we surrender to him. Thank you so much for your time and attention today. God bless, and I will see you for the next episode of the Encouragement Outpost podcast.